of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 2024 Santa Fe, available early 2024. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing from iHeartRadio. My dad died in 87, and I, I wanted to try and build the kind of company he never got a chance to work for. That's Howard Schultz, three-time CEO of the Starbucks Corporation, when he was a guest on this podcast in September of 2016. So the entire business model was trying to balance profit with conscience, benevolence, and social impact. So the first thing I did was everyone at Starbucks was going to be an owner. So I gave ownership to every employee in 87, which I've done since then. And I gave comprehensive health insurance, first company in America to provide comprehensive health way before the Affordable Care Act. For every single person that works for you? Yes. Yeah. What does that cost you a year? Before the Affordable Care Act, it costs $300 million a year, more than the cost of coffee beans for Starbucks. People thought I was crazy. And I was trying to raise money at the same time I had all these ideas. And people said, wait, you want to- Let's get rid of that component. Yeah. And I said, no. I said, I'm going to prove to you that we will have lower attrition, higher performance, and our customers will know what we're doing for our people, and it will resonate with the brand, and this is going to be our marketing strategy. Though Schultz is discussing the benevolence that his company has shown to its employees, one could argue that Schultz is feeling a tad underappreciated these days. While in the last five years, the stock price of Starbucks has doubled, and in 2022, the coffee chain's revenue reached $32 billion, 
the U.S. is experiencing a labor movement resurgence, with union petitions up more than 50% in 2022 from the previous year. Current Starbucks unionization efforts began in 2021, and the company mounted an aggressive anti-union campaign in response. As a result, a federal judge found Starbucks engaged in, quote, egregious and widespread misconduct, unquote, and the National Labor Relations Board found the company violated federal labor law 1,300 times under Schultz's watch. Schultz was even called to testify before Congress over the union-busting allegations and ended up stepping down from his position early. My guest today is a Starbucks Workers United organizer and an employee of one of the first Starbucks in the country that filed for a union election, Gianna Reeve. Since Reeve and her colleagues' initial organizing efforts in Buffalo, 328 stores in 39 states have voted to unionize, and more elections are underway. I wanted to know how Reeve's journey with the coffee chain began. I started working at Starbucks in September to October of 2020. I started at a Tim Hortons as, you know, Buffalo born and bred that I am. You always started like a Tim Hortons or somewhere like that. And I didn't really enjoy the job. I felt like it was a series of management overstepping bounds. They were a franchise location. So I was looking for something better. And what looked better was Starbucks. Why did you want to go to Starbucks? Did you think that this was a a good place to work? Did you have a sense of, or it just was a quick opportunity? They were hiring. Why did you end up there specifically? From what I knew about Starbucks being a consumer first before a prospective employee, I thought it sounded amazing. I looked at the benefits. I looked at the way they treated their queer employees. I looked at the way that they wanted to connect with customers and went, wow, this is this is a company that really values human connection. That's something that I'm missing working at Tim Hortons that I would really like to have while I'm working a coffee job. I had a bit of rose-colored glasses on going in that were slowly taken off over time, but that was really the thing that brought me to Starbucks was that value on humanity. Now, when you get there, how soon do you begin to sense that there's changes that need to be made in your estimation. Was everybody like-minded about this? Or did you have to open people's eyes? What was the dawning of, we have real problems here that can only be addressed by unionization? That's a very loaded question in the sense that I think each Starbucks barista might tell you a different story, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you mine Mm -hmm. in that my store location was one of the first three to organize. And it started for folks even before they were at the location they were at. So my location was fairly new at the start of the Union Drive in Starbucks. We were maybe a year old at that point, but a lot of us came from other locations. And through our experiences at those other locations, we were starting to just become exhausted. We'd go through the right channels for things like understaffing, harassment, trying to uphold COVID policy because we were tasked with being the people to say, hey, like you have to keep your mask on. And people would get aggressive. People would get violent about that. We know how people feel about that. Mm. So we weren't experiencing support and we weren't getting that protection that we needed from management and from upper like corporate levels. And it was wearing down on everyone in different ways. So in a sense, the genesis of this, the fuse that lit this, was related to COVID and COVID policies in the store. 
I think for a lot of people, it was a bit of a turning point in looking at the company in a different way. But also, even before that, the earliest seeds of Starbucks Workers United movement came from another coffee chain in Buffalo, New York, Spot Coffee, organizing. And through them, one of our workers at the first three locations named Lexi Rizzo contacted Workers United and said that this is something that we need to do. This needs to happen. COVID kind of put that on pause for a bit. Uh But even though it put it on pause, it also started to stoke those flames. It really brought the issues that were already there and existed within Starbucks to the forefront of people's minds. Such as? Understaffing, a lack of seniority benefits, benefits that partners have a hard time accessing. I know more partners on Medicaid than I know being on these Starbucks health insurance plans, simply because they cannot afford them. They don't have the hours available to work. Starbucks often likes to parade their benefits being available for part-time workers as well. But we're starting to see, and we have been seeing, partners becoming so decreased in hours that they're not hitting that 20-hour-a-week limit that you need in order to be able to be eligible for those benefits. So they're deliberately scheduling it that way. Yes. It's very difficult to be excited about benefits that you can't obtain. And it's even more frustrating when it feels like the company isn't listening to you. And one of the best ways to get a company to listen to you is to come together with your fellow coworkers and say, no, you need to listen to us. Now, when you say partners, what do you mean by partners? Partners is the term that Starbucks uses to describe their employees. So we are all considered partners by Starbucks. Are you still working at Starbucks now? I am still working at Starbucks now, yeah. <laughs> What's that like? Give us a description of, so you're at a Starbucks location, this this one location, which the one you were at is the Camp Road Starbucks, correct? You're still there? Mm-hmm. Now, at the Camp Road Starbucks, using just that as an example, I'm not going to assume they're all identical, but maybe they are. Oh, well, how does the management break down? This is someone whose title, who runs the show? Who's in charge? If you asked Starbucks that, it would be the managers. If you asked any other worker at Starbucks that, they would probably say the shift supervisors. Why? Because shift supervisors are the day-to-day sort of operations. The manager comes and goes. The manager writes the schedule. But the shift supervisor is going to be the one that baristas are in the most contact with. If you're coming into work, if you're calling in, you're like, hey, I gotta be, I'm going to be late. That's going to be your shift supervisor. Uh, if you don't know where you're going to be on the floor for the day, if it's going to be drive-through or you're going to be on the espresso bar if you're going to be making the cold drinks that's the shift supervisor deciding that so a lot of your day-to-day operations are being overseen by the shift supervisor so the the manager are they off managing multiple locations do they have them taking a little tour of the area because as everybody knows starbucks is kind of uh, ubiquitous are they going to different locations there in buffalo Typically, now that the union busting heat has died down, it's typically one manager per location. But at one point at the peak of the union busting and at the sort of height of the first three store locations union elections, there would be sometimes five, six, seven, what Starbucks would call support managers on the floor that were there to supposedly help the Buffalo district because we were struggling so hard and they just missed the mark completely with us. They were so apologetic, but really they were essentially spies. I couldn't go anywhere in my store location without there being one of these support managers breathing down my neck. I couldn't talk on the headsets at work and have organizing conversations without a manager wearing a headset and listening in at all times. Right out in the open, they did it right in front of you. 
Right, right. And monitor your phone conversations about organizing right in front of you. Yes, it was never hidden as a secret that that's their motive. How did you feel about interacting with management? I mean, you say that the actual managers, as opposed to the shift supervisors, come and go. What was your relationship like with these people who were monitoring your phone calls? So the relationship with management at the time of the union election at Camp Road, it was a lot of me trying to be as professional and employing my customer service voice on them as much as I was on customers, really. I wanted to make sure that they knew that I wasn't just coming in to make trouble because it seemed to be like that was the feeling we were getting about how they were depicting union organizers. And I wanted them to know that, no, I've got a clean record. I'm a model employee. I'm doing this because I love my partners and I want them to have the best experience at work as possible. I want this company to be what it says it's going to be. So I thought the best way to exhibit that was to remain optimistic, remain nice. And don't take the bait. Don't let them provoke you into something where you're going to give them grounds to terminate. Right. Now, I mean, I go to Starbucks periodically, and there's a lot more kind of owner-operated places I go to in my neighborhood, smaller coffee shops and so forth. But, I mean, I'm, I'm a Starbucks person. I like their products. I have what I order at Starbucks that I like. And uh, one of the last times that I was at a Starbucks was up in Vermont. We were there, and I couldn't believe the pace, and I couldn't believe the intensity, and I couldn't believe the look on the faces of the women and the men that were working there as they were, like, spinning, pivoting, whipping, and and, 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 and hitting the button to have the water shoot through the thing to clean it and put more milk in it. And they're trying to make these drinks in this balletic way, but it was more... It was like some primitive army coming down a mountaintop to kill you. You know what I mean? They were like, so the amount of, of the heaving and breathing that was going on from these people, they were working their asses off. You know, they were working their asses off. There's a certain type of person that they hire who is just like a super hardworking person. And those people that come there who don't get it, who don't get the Starbucks program of you got to be quick and you got to be, you know, really fast moving they don't make the cut? Is that kind of how it works? Yeah, they they don't last too long. You have yeah. to move at a certain kind of pace like that. And it's kind of like learning a dance, how you said. It is it is a bit balletic right. in that you got to move around. You got to, it's almost like a part dance, part coffee shop, part working in a kitchen. Because sometimes you'll be like, oh, behind, hot behind, corner, going around. Because if not, you're going to just have a pile of baristas on the floor covered in sugar syrup and espresso, wondering what the hell happened. (laughs) And you think also that there's people who, I have this image of people who, like day one, within a couple of hours, there's a certain type of person who's like in the bathroom crying, and they're like, what have I got myself into? I got to get out of here. You know, this isn't for me. It's too fast. It definitely exists. It's a bit of a culture shock, that sort of feeling. It's, I hate to say it, Starbucks now sort of feels like the fast food of coffee in a lot of right, ways because right. of that like increased demand for breakneck speeds like, and like. for pushing out as much coffee as possible. The way that we earn more labor hours to have more people on the floor at any point in time is based on how many customers we get in and out of our stores or in and out of the drive through at any point. So a lot of the times you'll hear baristas saying, you know, Hey, manager so-and-so, I we really need more people on Saturdays. Saturday 
mornings are just brutal. Can we get one more person? Mm -hmm. And they'll come back and say, unfortunately, the labor doesn't cut it. You know, we don't have the time. We don't have the people. We need to work on getting some more people out of our drive through. And then we could see if that ups our labor budget to have more people on the floor. So it's it's this constant cycle of work harder, go faster, and maybe you'll have a little bit of ease put on you if they add another person to the floor. But that's a really big if. Wow. Now, other than the staffing issues, when you were at Starbucks initially, what did you begin to notice were some other problems? In other words, what were the problems that were substantial enough that guided you to want to start a union to address them? For me, it was a lack of accountability for management. Um, A lack of accountability through the company as a whole later on as I began to learn more and more things. But really, it came down to the actions of my manager a lot of the time. He's no longer with the company. But it was right when I started at Camp Road. I transferred from another location in Buffalo, from the McKinley location, and came to Camp Road as it opened up. And we had a lot of new hires coming in. They were bright, prospective people. And I was really excited to work with them. And as we know, there is the the stereotype of the gay barista. And I think Starbucks kind of loves it because we just, they flock. We flock to Starbucks to work because it's seen as a progressively valued company. And it seems like a safe place to work that you might not get otherwise. Mm -hmm. So we had a lot of openly gay partners, openly trans partners that came into my store to work. And they were amazing people. I loved talking to them. I loved their work ethic. They were going to be great. I remember thinking to myself, these are going to be amazing people on the floor. Once they get those drinks down, they are going to do amazing stuff. And as time went on over a period of two or three months at my location, I saw all of them forced out in one way or another, one by one. Partners were being outed on the floor by management, where I would have no idea that someone was trans or I wouldn't know their gender identity because what's what's it my business? And they would go and say it outright. There was a partner at my location and she didn't have access to a vehicle. Starbucks has benefits for ride share and stuff, but it's not comprehensive coverage to get you to work from nine to five. So she would rely on rides from friends, but she was quick. She was smart. I thought if anyone was going to really excel, it was going to be her. And I came into work one day expecting to see her on my shift and asked my fellow shift supervisors, like, hey, why isn't she in? And they told me that my manager had fired her. And that just left me a little bit flabbergasted. I was like, what do you mean he fired her? She was doing great. I'm not understanding. And the reason he fired her was because she was a couple minutes late, like two to five minutes late coming into her shift, despite him knowing that she relies on other folks to get rides, that she was trying her best. She was doing amazing. And I've seen people late far more, far more often than this scenario. And she was just gone. And she was so excited to use the healthcare benefits that Starbucks provides because it's gender-inclusive healthcare so that she could actually begin hormone replacement therapy. She could look into surgery if she so wished. And she was just so optimistic and she was so happy to be working for Starbucks and it was just gone in a snap. And I saw this same trend repeat over and over again. And 
I just didn't know what to do. I was angry. I was frustrated because this isn't what <laughs> this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I expected this to be like. But I didn't know how to change it. So I was just sort of left frustrated. And you think that they targeted her because she was trans? I do think so. I do think my manager targeted her because she was trans. Other than the firing itself, he was the one that uh, made comments in front of other people publicly about her gender? Yes. Right. Well, when you say that, I mean, regardless of one's view of transgenderism and companies being asked to pay for hormone injections and surgeries and so forth like that, I mean, people are entitled to a certain amount of privacy and dignity in the workplace. How did everybody else react? Because what I'm getting to is, when does the moment come for the unionization thing where it dawns on you and you start to enlist people? Or was there a group think where there were a bunch of people who you were all talking to each other going, this has got to change? Yeah. I wish I had an easy answer in the sense that there was that sort of like click and boom moment. For me, it was a lot of situations like this where partners' privacy wasn't being respected, where workers that had been with the company for 17 years were making within a dollar what I was making coming in at two years. So at that point, when the unionization effort kicked off, I was already ready to make something happen. I wanted change. I just didn't know that options like unionization existed for a Starbucks location until one of my fellow coworkers texted me and said, hey, can we talk about work stuff, but we can't do it at work? Right. And I was a little bit confused. It's like, why? what could we possibly need to talk about work outside of work? I'm not following. And he said, please, like, can you meet me at Spot Coffee? I had no idea that I would walk into Spot Coffee and be asked how I felt about unionizing Starbucks. That one trip to a coffee shop changed my life. Activist Gianna Reeve. If you appreciate conversations about the labor movement, check out my episode with former California Assembly person and head of the California Labor Federation, Lorena Gonzalez. My favorite part of the story is having to go to then-Governor Jerry Brown. I mean, I'm like, oh, God, I got to talk to him about cheerleaders. We were at a dinner together, and I said, Governor, when you have a chance, I want to talk to you about this bill I'm working on. It has to do with professional cheerleaders. And he said, I was a cheerleader. And I was like, are you kidding me? He apparently— As luck would have it. He was a cheerleader in college or high school. And so I was like, oh, I think I'm going to get this one. But we did. I'm very proud of that. To hear more of my conversation with Lorena Gonzalez, go to heresthething.org. After the break, Gianna Reeve shares some of the conditions that led to the unionizing effort at Starbucks. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features 
features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the Body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I.com. And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Hello, America. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you don't have Consumer Cellular yet, now is the perfect time to switch and save. For a limited time, new customers can get wireless service for as low as $15 a month for your first year. Yep, the same exact nationwide coverage as the leading carriers for $15 a month for an entire year. What are you waiting for? Call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com and use code RADIO15. See ConsumerCellular.com slash FIRSTYEAR15 for promotional details. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Union organizer Gianna Reeve was a shift supervisor at the Camp Road Starbucks in the Buffalo area of upstate New York when her location filed the petition to unionize in 2021. A simple meeting with one of her co-workers would change the course of Gianna's life. He told me about the first union meeting that was going to have partners from all the different locations in Buffalo come together and talk and see if this was a movement with legs, basically. So going to this meeting before this, I was sort of entrenched in Camp Road in that I didn't really go to other store locations. I didn't really pick up shifts there. I was really focused on just doing my job at Camp Road, doing it well. And I didn't have a lot of conversations with workers outside of my store. So going into this meeting and hearing a lot of the same problems existing at these other store locations in Buffalo, that I think is what I would describe as like that mm-hmm. click for me, that this isn't just a Camp Road issue. This is a Starbucks issue and this needs to be addressed. When you have a half dozen baristas in a circle all talking to each other and going, wait, wait, your store has wasps too? Yeah, my partner just got sent to the ER because she was stung on the floor. And conversations like that of like, oh, did they take away your non-slip floor mats? My store doesn't even have non-slip floor mats. My store has carpet in the back room. And just continuous stories just bouncing off each other of all of these things that haven't been addressed over the years they've been at Starbucks. It was just mind-boggling how similar our stories were. So when you mentioned the carpeting versus the non-slip thing, I mean, I only want to focus on that to say, so there were places, there were Starbucks 
that were making the necessary changes to protect their customers and their workers and some that weren't. And it was not was every Starbucks derelict in these kinds of uh, modifications or were some better than others? Some were definitely better than others. A lot right. of store locations are older and that they haven't had remodels or improvements sure. in years. It's kind of like if you had 10 different things and you said pick three or four sure. out of these 10. I think every Starbucks would be able to pick three or four things if I could sit here and make a list of either structural, safety, employment, or labor issues that they're having on the floor. And they would be able to do so. For me, it was seeing a lot of problems with labor cuts, with staffing, with wages, with health and safety, with management accountability. And for others, it was something maybe like health and safety in the sense that Carpeting in the back room is an absolute no for a food service job. I've never heard of anything like that before. There was a point when management had come in, over 100 corporate officials had come into Buffalo, and they were asking workers, you know, what can we do to make things better for you here? We, we really dropped the ball on Buffalo. What can we do? And for Camp Road, a lot of it was our floors. We were a brand new store. They weren't made to handle the salt that was coming in from the snow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were wearing down. We had Our grout was just being eaten away, and that creates problems with fruit flies. So our store was just oh covered, yeah. covered in fruit flies. It was disgusting. No one wanted to work like that. No one wanted to serve food and drink like that. So Interesting. at some point, management said, we got you. No worries. We'll take care of this. And they had a crew come in after close in the, in the middle of the night and try and refinish our floors. What they did was they sanded away the sealant on the tile and made it porous. They essentially ruined our store's floor tiling. And it was just the problem became even worse. It was exacerbated by this action. And to me, that really, (laughs) it sounds funny to say, it's a little bit of an overall theme with Starbucks's attempts at um, either helping in quotations or union busting and saying, okay, we're here. We're listening. Making the workspace healthier for the for the workers and the customers, yeah. Yeah, let's let's make it healthier for you. What can we do to make it healthy? And then us saying something and then being like, hurt, you got it. But then taking actions that don't inherently help the problem or they right. make the problem worse. Do you find that that's a theme, that the company didn't rely enough on the workforce to glean information of what was best for those locations? Absolutely. I mean, everything I'm talking about and all of these problems that are existing in my store and now nationally on this level we're talking about, all of this could have been solved by a seat at the table. Mm -hmm. On Starbucks' board of directors, they have two honorary empty seats. One is for, I believe, customers, and the other is for all of the baristas and workers with the company. They've never filled those seats? Yes. Why aren't those seats filled? Because if those seats were filled, I think this company could be so much better. Starbucks. Workers want this company to be that human, worker-driven company that wants to spark change, positive change. We want to see that happen. That's why we're all here. That's all why we sort of were interested in the company in the first place. That's why we applied. When does the word strike, when does the word union, when does that enter the conversation? And the person you were with at the other coffee shop who said, I need to talk to you about work outside of work, where does it go from there? That goes into that first meeting we had with other Starbucks partners from other locations in Buffalo. Not just from the first three, but from all of them. And then very rapidly after that, we're right now, the timeline is 
August of 2021. And we're going forward and we're saying, yeah, we we need this to happen. So the next step in the organizing process is going to be signing union cards and talking to each worker on the floor through one-on-one conversations. And there is this beautiful one-week window where we could talk without restriction and we could discuss and we could brainstorm and we could imagine what this company could look like if all of our voices were put into it and we could really make a difference. So we got, I believe, between 66 and 70 percent cards signed at Camp Road Mm -hmm. in a matter of a couple days and we filed for union election. So there was that great one-week window where A lot of movement was happening, a lot of progress. We had a lot of momentum. And then at the end of that week window, it started to shift. We put out a letter from all of the workers that initially went to the meeting about our intent to organize because it's generally good practice and it signifies your attempt to organize to the company so that you're protected legally. It's funny, the more public you are about your intent to organize, the more protected you are from a legal standpoint because the company can't argue that they didn't know. It is retaliation if they try to terminate you or reprimand you at that point. So they got our letter. We had our amazing week. And then we started to see people from Starbucks corporate flood into Buffalo. I think we've counted over 100 different names. To do what? to surveil and to intimidate and to influence. And to look for grounds to terminate you? Yes. Right. Absolutely. How many of the people that were perceived, whether they signed any paperwork or whether they were completely fully expressing their support of the unionization publicly, how many of your fellow workers there were terminated since the commencement of the union organizing? Termination, I can't say exactly a number. They did terminate one of our, my friend that I met in the coffee shop, Will. They terminated Will for wearing a suicide awareness pin. So prior to the corporate members coming into Starbucks, Buffalo locations, and staying there for months, might I add, they had changed Starbucks policy to that you can no longer wear non-Starbucks-affiliated pins unless it's a labor pin. This was Mm -hmm. a direct dig at us wearing our union pins on the floor. Mm -hmm. So now we were no longer allowed to wear them. Unfortunately, at my location, we had a partner pass away by suicide. And we all got these pins. One of our partners got these pins that say, you are not alone. And it has like the number for the one of the suicide foundations on it. And we asked and asked and asked if we could wear these on the floor, if they could just make one exception because we lost someone that we all loved. And they said, sorry, but no, we don't care. We're not, you're not going to get an exception for this. You're not wearing it. Ignorant of the fact that even making this policy change was illegal in the sense that they cannot change conditions in the store location. The rules that exist when you file for union election have to be the same throughout the union election. Mm -hmm. So they've made this change, and now they've said, we are not going to make this exception. So they moved the goalpost in order to find a way to fire people. Absolutely. That was a change of our, it's called laboratory conditions. That was a change of our laboratory conditions. So that shouldn't have happened in the first place. Mm -hmm. And to 
not display the empathy that's typically so embedded in the ethos of this company and saying, why can we at least wear pins to honor our partner that's passed away? The partner that everybody loved on the floor. Can we at least have that even for a week, for a day? No leeway was given. Organizer Gianna Reeve. If you're enjoying this conversation, tell a friend. And be sure to follow Here's the Thing on the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. When we come back, Gianna Reeve shares the public's reaction to Starbucks workers striking. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. If you struggle to get in shape and lose weight, I'm about to change your life. I'm Carl, the CEO of Body, and I don't like working out and eating healthy either. So here's how I get myself to do it. I make myself own the morning. And by the morning, I mean the first hour or so every day. It's not family time. It's not for scrolling social media. It's for my results and my health. And man, does it work. Every day, I get out of bed, drink a health shake I made the night before, and then I go crush a workout in the body app and just follow along day by day. Before most people are even out of bed, I'm done for the day. So here's my offer to you. The next 500 people who go to body.com will get 65% off a full year of access to over 120 programs. 65% because I want you to start now and see how fast the pounds come off and the muscles start popping. And if they don't, Hey, you get your money back. Just go to body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot And let's own the morning together and get healthy and fit. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right. Sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. I'm Alec Baldwin, and you're listening to Here's the Thing. Starbucks union organizer Gianna Reeve attended a meeting in Buffalo 
with then-CEO Howard Schultz and other members of Starbucks leadership in late 2021. She would end the meeting confronting Schultz about the company's labor-busting practices. I was curious how such an unorthodox meeting came together in the first place. The invite list was every partner in the Buffalo area. So if you're a barista, you are invited. They closed our store locations early to have us go to this meeting at a Hyatt Regency hotel with a, as they put it, special guest. Some of us thought it might be Taylor Swift. Others among us were like, they're going to bring out Howard. They're going to try and bring out the big guns to convince us that what we're doing isn't the right move for the company. How many people were in that room, would you guess? Between 100 and 200. But the interesting part of that is that about a third of the people that were in the room were the corporate members that had been coming to the Starbucks locations for months at that point and surveilling and harassing and impeding on the flow of operations in these stores. They were there as well, wearing crisp, out-of-the-bag green aprons, sitting and listening and just eating up um, this whole experience while there was another bunch that were just baristas from the the Buffalo stores wondering what the hell was going on. How long did the meeting last? The meeting lasted about an hour and a half. It was about a half an hour of the actual talks and everything, and maybe about 10 minutes when Howard came out and spoke. So he was not in attendance for the whole meeting? No, he only came out for his speech and then promptly left. So he was actually interested in talking but not listening. Yes, he wanted to talk but not listen. And when I believe there was there was a little bit of tension in the room because as many as there were green apron extras, there were also people in the front row. I sat in the front row with another organizing partner from Sheridan Bailey's location named James. And we sat in the front row together because we had talked prior, a bunch of us, and said, wouldn't it be crazy if someone asked Howard Schultz after he was done speaking to sign our set of fair election principles, which provide us more protections. It provides union workers equal time. If they're going to have captive meetings with workers, we would be given essentially the same time. It would be a document saying that we're not going to threaten union workers anymore. We're extending an olive branch. So he said, wouldn't it be crazy if someone did this and someone asked? And for some reason in my stupid bravery or just impulse or adrenaline, I said, yeah, wouldn't it? And I took the paper and went and sat in the front row. And I listened to his whole speech so in-depth. I also listened to the podcast episode he was on with you, Mm -hmm. Alec, and I noticed a lot of the same beats, the same story of this is the company that he wanted to be that he modeled this after what his father didn't have. He mm-hmm. wanted this to be a company that his father would be proud to work he's at. He's from the projects. Yes. Yeah. As, as he, um, he often likes yeah. to say. Yeah. He's from, yes. And so going into that and just listening and hearing the same story now over and over again, now that I've heard it, and wondering, wouldn't his father have wanted union membership for himself and wanted representation and protections at work. And during this uh, Congress meeting with Howard, Senator Ed Marquis brought this up. And he that was another point in which mm-hmm. Schultz bristled and became visibly annoyed or frustrated with this line of questioning, even though it's something that baristas have been thinking for a while now, because you can't separate Howard from Starbucks. And this message and this idea is embedded into the company. 
And as we're looking for ways to make the company better by having a worker focus, you just can't help but think of that and wonder what what's happened. And I think what's happened is that the workers don't have a voice, and we need to see that shift. Schultz stepped down, correct? Yes, he, he's replaced. He's, it went from Howard to Kevin Johnson to Howard to now um, Laxman. Where is the effort now? Where is the unionization at Starbucks now? Right now we are at over, I believe, 300 unionized locations and counting. We're filing petitions nearly every day. We are continuing to build power within these Starbucks locations and find baristas that are experiencing the same problems that we have. Because after Buffalo, and we won in Buffalo, just a monumental win. So the Buffalo location is unionized? Yes. And everybody that works here is in the union? Everybody? Yes. What union are they affiliated with? We're affiliated with Workers United. So we are in Starbucks Workers United, affiliated with Workers United. We don't pay dues until we have a contract. And that's been kind of the, the sludging point. Starbucks has not really been bargaining in good faith with us. There have been times where we'd come to the table, we'd set up a meeting. It would be the baristas coming in and Starbucks's lawyers would show up for two minutes and then leave and gone. Nothing negotiated, nothing really discussed. Mm-hmm. And we've been seeing that sludge happen time and time again with these bargaining sessions that we've been trying to have. We have our non-economic proposals all ready to go. They're just not coming to the table. How can you compel them to sign the contract? What, how does that work? Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> That's going to come from building power within our consumer base. Consumers, you think that they would be jumping at the chance to sort of vote with their dollars and say, no, I, I can take a stand by not buying Starbucks. But the thing is, is that a lot of customers still don't know that this is happening within Starbucks locations. They don't realize that Starbucks has been putting on one of the most aggressive union busting campaigns in modern history. So a lot of the next steps are going to be educating consumers and moving forward and letting them know what's happening in these store locations and saying, like, are you going to not cross the picket line when you see us out on strike? And we've had large strikes where there's been over 100 locations on strike at any given point during some of the company's largest days of, like, Red Cup Day. You come in, you get a free Red Cup, you get your holiday drink, and you go. We had strikes going at over 100 store locations across the country on days like that. And the that. strike entailed people just not working. Yeah, work stoppage. And there was just no service. People no couldn't service. get a coffee. Wow. No, you cannot. What was the public's voice in that? How, what would people say to you while you were striking? There's always a couple people that aren't too happy when they see a picket line for whatever reason or other. But a lot of the times it was customers being like, wow, I didn't know that. I had no idea. I've been coming here for the past however long and I just had no knowledge of this. I'll go to Spot Coffee or something instead, or like we point them to one of the unionized coffee shops in Buffalo during right. points like that on yeah. strikes. A lot of people are enthusiastic, and especially in the Buffalo area. Buffalo's a union town. We have higher union density than a lot of other locations across the country. So chances are that you are in a union or you know someone that's in a union or family members in a union. So you right. see a picket line and you're you're not crossing that. Well, let me just say thank you so much for your courage and your intelligence. I mean, you really, really are, are somebody who you've obviously examined this from every angle and you've brought about what's important change. Because I, when I saw those people at the Manchester, Vermont Starbucks, I mean, working themselves, I mean, just it, it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, and when you sit there and say you'd like to have those conditions be improved, you're to be commended for what you've done. It's really, really, truly amazing. Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 
My thanks to Starbucks Workers United organizer Gianna Reeve. This episode was recorded at CDM Studios in New York City. We're produced by Kathleen Russo, Zach McNeese, and Maureen Hoban. Our engineer is Frank Imperial. Our social media manager is Daniel Gingrich. I'm Alec Baldwin. Here's the thing is brought to you by iHeartRadio. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.